What up, bruh? What up, bruh? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. When it's Bruh Meets World. Your boy Meets World Fancast. So welcome to episode 43. I'm Siege. And I'm your boy, TC. And TC and I are... In LA! Together! Yes. Uh, for good this time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have finally moved to California, so we'll be able to do these podcasts in person. Yeah. I'm super stoked for it. Um, yeah, by the way, that's the only reason why he did it. He did yes. it specifically for you guys. I moved here to, <laughs> for the pod, guys. He was like, the sound quality is just not up to par, and he's that much of a perfectionist. And I'm that much of a Boy Meets World hardcore. <laughs> Y'all know this. So, uh, on that note, what's new? What's up? Well, um, I just drove across the country. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Living in L.A. now. Um, yeah, a lot of... You know what I... I will say this. What? In my cross-country road trip, there were a few gas stations that <laughs> I had to stop in that I did not feel entirely comfortable with. Oh, did you? And it was just good to know that the South and the Bible Belt really lived up to its <laughs> name and reputation in those instances. Are you saying that certain places in this country um, are uncomfortable for people with melanin? Yeah. <laughs> And just the amount of Confederate flags is just really a great indicator that you're in a a bad place. (laughs) Um, But made it made it through, made it through the South alive. And uh, when we did our cross country road trip, it was during it was literally 2016 of October, so right before the election, and the vote Trump signs like that. That was our indication. It wouldn't be Confederate flags. You'd just be driving. You're like, oh, there's a lot more. Vote Trump signs than uh, I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one other thing is that the vote Trump signs aren't there anymore. <laughs> so you have to just guess, <laughs> which is equally terrifying. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's something. Ah, uh, this country. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's see. Are you ready to get into this? I'm ready to get this into episode this. This episode was dumb. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it, 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 it had. It brought up a very interesting thing, and I'm going to talk about that uh, for this and the next one, uh, about how I do think Griff's character is interesting because of what he adds to the show. Um, but I'm, yeah. I, I, I Okay, so I think the most significant part about this episode is the Griff, Frankie, yes, Joey storyline. I, I actually um, feel like that's the A storyline, even 100%. though it has less time. Um, just because there's so much change. Like, Harley's gone. Like, the last time we saw Harley, it wasn't even the actor that plays Harley. I know, that's what character. I wrote. I wrote, like, my first note was, so I guess Harley's gone. Yeah, my first note, <laughs> officially gone. And clearly these are network notes. Clearly yeah. it's like, no, we don't like that Harley get another one. Oh, that guy can't be Harley. Let's just bring in a brand but new person. why? I honestly, you know what? I would love to see the reason. I can understand why now that Griff's there because he is a coolness that's so much different. It is. I will say he his is way more grounded. Even though yeah. his actions are oh. very TV. His his, his <laughs> actions are genie like is what I wrote down multiple times. But but at the exact same time, his place as an antagonist. Yeah. Is way more 
grounded and real. And then just who he is as an individual. Like, I believe that this is a, a kid that exists yes. in this year. Yes. Unlike Harley, who clearly went through some kind of time machine situation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's funny. Okay, so um, that leads us to, uh, let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh, for season two, episode 20, Pop Quiz. Pop Quiz. Keeping it very short, in an attempt to get better grades, Corey and Sean cheat on a test by studying. <laughs> and uh, John Adams High gets a new pop quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, first thoughts on this one, obviously, is that Harley is gone. Yes. And the other thing that kind of interests me throughout the episode was really Joey and Frankie's response to him leaving. Dude, literally, it's so funny because now you can see my notes. <laughs> literally, Frankie and Joey yeah. and their desire for a leader. Their desire for a leader, but what I found interesting is that at no point did either one of them go, oh, now it's my time to step up. Now mm-hmm. I can be a leader. There wasn't that Shannon Doherty, Heather's moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. like, oh, I can Great be, yeah, yeah, I can be the leader now. It was just like, what do we do without someone to follow? I think it's, it's very interesting because, um... I think looking at, knowing how TV works, it's interesting that we spend so much time with these characters and so much time developing uh, their storylines. Like, you know, to be fair, they've gotten more storylines than Jason, which actually makes way, which would make way more sense. Or Sean, or Topanga. Like, we are learning a lot about Joey and Frankie, and we get a lot of scenes with them. And don't get me wrong, I think they're comedic gold, and... And there's a lot to tap into there. But as showrunners, I'm like, what What was the motivation behind this? I, I, I 100% agree because, I, and I don't know if it was this episode or the next one because we're recording back to back. I just kind of wrote down, I was at, like, wow, like, we, this show is really great at developing best friend, male best friend dynamics. Yes. Where you have Eric and uh, Jason and Corey and Sean and Frankie and Joey, but. The female characters never get a friend. No. They and because of that, they don't get storylines. Wow. Honestly, I just thought about that. Like I I thought about it. Um, Topanga, Angela, Rachel. Eventually. Like, no, no, but what I'm saying, even them, their their dynamics are based off of the boys. Girl plus boys. Like it's so. the boys who are the center of even their storylines. Like, Rachel is literally in between Jack and Eric. Yeah. Uh, Angela, it's kind of like just peripheral on the Sean and uh, Corey and Topanga. And by the time we get there, which obviously we're putting quarters in jars here because we're jumping ahead, <laughs> um, there is nothing that reason why Angela and Topanga should be friends other than their their boyfriends are No, and that's friends. what I was going to say. It's yeah. like, to be honest, that makes sense. It's like, they're only around each other because they're with these guys. Yeah. It's not like Angela was anyone other than Sean found a girlfriend and, yeah. like, we need to figure out how that works. But somehow dynamic. Angela becomes Topanga's best friend, even though there's <laughs> never an episode well, so here's the, that, ex- like, strengthens that the way we get with even Frankie and Joey. Yeah, and that that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and it, it is upsetting in hindsight because it makes sense that Angela and Sophanga would be so close because Corey and Sean are so close and they're around each other all the time. It's like, all right, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be with my boyfriend, I'm going to have to get to know his best friend's girlfriend. And it's kind of like that, 
friendship of convenience type thing, where sure. it's like a yeah. Would Topanga and Angela have ever been friends on their own? And even analyzing where the show is now, like Amy never has a friend, Topanga yes. never has a friend, and Morgan never has a friend. Which, by the way, they still keep throwing Morgan in every now and then. <laughs> They're like, she's still there. Well, here's the thing. I like that they didn't Judy Winslow her. Like, they could have very easily have just done that forever, and right now they're just kind of like, no, she's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think this is the last season with this Morgan. Yes. Um, So it, it kind of, you can tell she's getting older, there's just a, a difference Yeah, they're there. trying to figure out what to do. But clearly, what they're not doing is like, oh, let's give her a friend and strengthen her character, <laughs> like, build her out. That's not happening to any of the female characters. So that's kind of, like, at least first impression of this episode, and really the next episode, too, was like, wow, so much attention giving to these characters that aren't the main cast, and building uh, these relationships where main core, uh, like, the core cast yeah. is not being developed. Exactly. And that you're right. We could have done some things with Amy or Al. I mean, like... It's weird because I know where we go in the future yeah. um, and, like, what we hit on. But it's weird that right now they don't take this time to even develop. Like, we got a little bit of Eric and Jason. But, like, we could be fleshing out more of Sean. We could be Topanga. fleshing out Topanga. I feel like Frankie and Joey got just as much screen time this season as Topanga. Did. Absolutely. If Absolutely. not more. Absolutely. I, I was, I was going to say, I think if we did minutes, they probably got more. And I just don't, I don't understand that, because um, it's the same question we asked when the Harley and Harley sister storyline yeah. came up. It's just like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 but Griff is one of those characters that is a, let's just jump into yeah, the roll okay, call. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. So, roll call. Roll call. The first person that I wanted to get in our new, uh, he's only here for a moment, but Tommy. I, I wrote down Tommy, yeah, too. Yeah, Tommy played by Eric Balfour. And I, the moment I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, a small role, almost inconsequential, but it's really cool to like see people in their early work. For those uh, who might see his face and not know him, Eric Belfort was in a bunch of 90s shows. He was also in like the Six Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want. He was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the first yeah. one. He was in a bunch of a few episodes of OC and a bunch of episodes of Twenty Four as well. Yeah, again, I know him mostly as the boyfriend in Six Feet Under. I know him mostly as Jessica Biel's boyfriend in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I remember that remake. Leatherface wears his face. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. creepy. Pretty cool. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> two very di inter different interpretations yeah, exactly. at that moment. Uh, okay, and then the star of Roll Call, who I would think would make himself a star of the Roll Call, uh, is Griff Hawkins, played by Adam Scott. My first note was like, Griff Hawkins is such an amazing character name. I just thought the name <laughs> Griff Hawkins is such a cool name. Um, Adam Scott plays this role to perfection. Yes, one. he does. I will say, he actually pulls it off, especially considering... The different roles that we know him exactly. for. It is very interesting to see him. And what's even crazier is it's believable. Yeah. Like his version of this this arrogant bad boy and is he, one you you're like, yeah, I follow. He's he's attractive. Like he's he's So alright, my whole thing is like cause that's one of the things that they keep doing yeah. in this show, is they're just like, everyone's like, who's this new guy? Even adults, yes. which we'll get to later on. Do not get... Oh, that's the <laughs> other person who was on this roll call. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Miss Gale. Miss Gale. I was like, Phoenix excuse assistant. you, Gale. <laughs> what is up with you? 
flirting <laughs> with students in front of the principal, of the principal. like you don't even said, care do you about your, your damn job. job. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want your job? Like, oh my god! I hope she got suspended or but something. <laughs> don't, I I think that of the time, like of 1994-95, like this was a teen heartthrob look. No, he is definitely a teen heartthrob. It's so funny you say that because. Um, Last night, I went to some bar, and they were playing that new song by Charlie X, CX. That 90s one? Yeah, yeah, the 90s one. And I was like, this is, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, sure. the, the boy had the Justin Timberlake look. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's crazy is at the time, that was the sexiest you could look. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, when you look at this, I was like, oh, that poor underfed well, child. Well, even but in like, this episode, when you see how long everyone's hair is, Joey, Frankie, Eric, everyone is having this long Nirvana yeah. hair. Yep. Um, and the sexiest you could look at. Exactly. This time. And Griff comes in with just bangs galore. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Bangs galore is definitely a Griff type. Uh, also a great porn name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, but yeah, Miss Hawk. Sorry, Miss Gale. When she had her interaction with Griff, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. It, oh, okay. So let's talk about Griff's. Uh, I, I I don't even know what to start with this episode because obviously Corey and Sean have their. Let's get their shit out the way. Yeah, all right. So I would say we can like leave it for last, but like yes, get them out of the way. So in in my mind, this episode. How is would you dead. sum up their storyline? <laughs> I just did. Yeah. It was that they, in order to get better grades, they studied for the first yeah, time. <laughs> they learned what school is. <laughs> yeah. Is my note. That's exactly what. Because Sean is very much like. I stand in front of the class and talk. You learn. It's called education. <laughs> so that's why this building exists. He's like, and if students come here to learn, I lost it. I <laughs> lost it. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because we talked about sitcom dumb before, yeah. and Sean couldn't be more sitcom dumb. What I love is Feeney continuously asking <laughs> these kids to open a book, open and a Sean book. is just like, you might as well be speaking Spanish. You ever open a book? What? A book. Do you ever open a book? What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I, 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 well, so what I like with their storyline is a few things. One, Corey and, uh, no, not Corey, Feeney and Mr. Turner, which we will get to. I was going to say. better know that I have We've been leading up to this moment. We, we, <laughs> I, I want to cherish that moment. So <laughs> but Feeney and Turner, um, their interaction, again, it's, we get a little bit more of what we got in the beginning of the season of, like, the older generation versus the new generation sure. of teaching. And Feeney's like, open a book, do it. You know, he's just like this uh, authoritative figure. Whereas Turner's like, hey, he comes up right after Feeney's just been yelling at him. He's like, did you hear a word he said? He's like, no, he just started yelling at us. Like, like, it's like, yeah, they, they, they tuned him out. And Turner's just like, oh, okay, well. And he's negotiating with them and he's talking to them. And... Even later on in the episode, we find out they placed a bet on it, you know? Yeah. And um, a bet on whether or not if they just gave the kids the answers and they understood. But that's the thing. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what Turner did so differently. Because basically he what he said was like, 
this is what the assignment is study. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, again, what he did was, and I think it's funny, he left his teacher plan book open. So, like, they felt like they, they felt that they were cheating the system. I can't believe this. This is top secret information. Exactly when the pop quiz is and what's on it. This is very valuable. And in a way, it's kind of genius because Sean, you've talked about this all that. Sean only, he's only engaged if he feels challenged. Yeah. Or if he feels like he's, if he feels he's, like he's getting, getting away, away with something. Yeah. It, this is kind of the question that popped up during the storyline is, one, how did they get to this grade? Because <laughs> clearly they have no concept of studying or test taking. Or Sean got a 12 on the test. Like, there, clearly, so many people have failed them for them to get to this yes. place. Feeny, to be fair. Which brings me to my <laughs> next point. Like, if if they don't know what the words open a book means, <laughs> clearly Feeny is partly to blame for that. Well, I think it's a comment on the fact that, A, Feeny knows they're intelligent. So, I mean, I would not be surprised if it's one of those things where, like, Feeney was passing them or, like, giving them. Because he knows that they know the material. He knows that they're engaged. They're just not performing A the way that they're well. supposed to. Oh, I'm not, I'm not defending this particular test. Yeah. I'm talking about their educational journey. Sure, It's, sure, like, sure. very often with Corey and Sean. And I look at it, again, both realistically and as a TV show. But it would make sense that these two students get featured because they are the ones who are constantly challenging the teachers to know teach me in a different way and i kind of feel like that's what this show is about it's like teach me in a non-traditional way because i'm not going to get the lesson just on paper but and while i agree with that they make them so dumb and so inept at Basic education principles. Basic functions. Yeah. It's it's just like, again, a questioning, how did they get this far? And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there was a lot of, like, people understanding that there was broader, maybe through projects or through other things that were able to make up the grade. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, even at the end, Sean's like, he gets a 94 and he's like, this test alone is enough to get me into a good trade school. Which I had a, that's. Again, it's it is it's the nineties. Yeah. We're shitting on trade schools, which we are not. I think that, that not there's all. nothing wrong with going to a trade school. In fact, it's important. It is, I'm about to say it's not only important, it's actually smarter if that's like a smarter investment. Where your skill yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I did think that that was a little again, a little uh, classist dig. Um, Sean and Corey do a thing where they decide to not read the book of Mice and Men. They decide to rent the movie and copy the stuff off the back, which includes great, great acting, well-directed, which is a goof later in the episode. But my question is, have you ever rented a movie or spot notes? Oh, oh, I was going to say, rented a movie, I did it once. Actually, it's so funny. I did it just one time, and that was with the Harry Potter book. Because do you oh. remember, remember when we were in school, they had, like, that reading program sure. where you would, like, take a quiz on having read the book, and it would add points to it, and you could get, like, pizza or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, it was some kind of, like, reading rewards program. Well, the certain books had higher point values, and I think Harry Potter had just come out, and I 
No, I guess it wasn't the movie, but I like I had done something, or like spark notes yeah. or something like that, and I just tried to bullshit my way through it, and my teacher was like, "Nah, you can't." Like, <laughs> I have for sure done this, and I, I I can't quite remember what it was for. I think it might have been, um, gosh, what's the one about the kids that go off on an island? Oh, um, literally, it's right. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, which right I there. did end up reading eventually, but oh, I think I think the first time it was assigned to me, because I got assigned to it multiple times, Yeah. Um, I, I rented uh, the movie, <laughs> which I think was some old black and white movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just that whole concept of watching the movie, because I actually learn better through video. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's a learning thing. You're a visual thing. learner, probably. I'm a visual learner. I can watch a documentary and remember everything about it, whereas if I read a book, sometimes I just won't stick with me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I relate to that aspect, but they didn't even watch the movie. They just copied the back of the box. They did, they were like, we couldn't give this an hour and a half of our life. I forgot, like, they're in Corey's room, and there's something where it's like, we could study. And, like, I think, like, they have, like, three seconds of, like, trying, and they're like, well, let's figure out a way to get around this. Yeah, he was like, if I make this shot, we're going to study. <laughs> did you purposely miss Corey? Not even close. So, it's very interesting um, and so that leads us to a very, very special moment. Oh, yeah. Because, so, as a setup, for those who haven't watched it yet, Mr. Turner is, like, haggling with them to get their papers in. Yes. And he's like, I haven't received it yet. And they're like, well, we didn't know about it. And he's like, this assignment has been here. And they're like, we'll give it to you on Tuesday. Uh, I'm grading them on Sunday. Yeah. And when Sean responds, so Tuesday. Like, I'm like... <laughs> Tuesday seems legit, right? So good. Um, and he's like, I'll tell you what. If you can get it to me at my home by Sunday before I grade them, you know, we'll be fine. Which leads us to the boys coming to visit. Turned on by Turner. Ooh. And yeah. And it was everything that I wanted it to be. For the whole season, <laughs> I've been promising you that this you moment did. would come. And you did not disappoint. I was so happy. You turned that corner and I was like, this was for me. <laughs> so, clearly the turned on by Turner moment is when the boys get to Turner's house, his apartment, which, can I sidetrack for one moment? Yeah, go This for is it. the first time we're seeing Turner's apartment. Which, which is, is, I was going to bring it up, it is Eric and... Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, it's clear that it's their the, apartment The later. apartment Eric and plays a big John, role next season yeah. with Jonathan still there, but later on it turns into the boys' college apartment. And it looks like it. Yeah, I immediately 100%. looked at everything. I was like, this is the same And set. I think the next time you go back to his place, it's a little bit more developed. And okay. it's a little bit more, has a little bit more depth, depth. and, and yeah. things like that. Once they decide that it's going to be a spot. Because I... I believe next season his black roommate, uh, oh yeah, he, Eli comes Eli. over. Um, and so we spend a lot more time there. Sean's living there at that point, so there's a lot of time we spend at that apartment. Um, so it was just really cool to be introduced to that set for the first time. But of course, it's hard to pay attention to that when, when Mr. Turner turns that corner in a pristine white wife beater. Yep, like fresh out the pack. Wife beater. Did he just do push-ups? I mean, I don't know what, but the arms were flexing. He's he a buff in, dude. And he's just like, those and those jeans, again, it's like, it's not just, the jeans have always worked, but now the jeans to in the tank, 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 yeah, 
It was it was a magical moment. Yeah, <laughs> his, his hair seemed to flow in a way. It did, too. didn't yeah. it? It's just like, oh, he is he is filling himself in this. Sure. I don't know what that prep was like, but he 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 was really excited. Well, it's funny because he tells the boys like, hey, help yourself to a drink. I actually need to get ready for a date. Exactly. Which I thought was really funny because of course he's getting ready for a date. <laughs> But also, the boys realize he's going out with Miss Tompkins. Yeah, and he's like, and they're like, "Yo, Turner and Miss Tompkins, they're gonna go out to the movie, maybe grab some dinner, and, and then after." And they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Turner's gonna be raw dogging Miss <laughs> Miss Tompkins." And it's just interesting that as students, they were like thinking of their teachers. Yeah, that's getting what it, it was on. like kind of weird, and it. Well, to be fair, they showed up a day early. That's yeah. like the whole premise is like they showed up a day earlier than they were supposed to, and um, Turner's getting ready for this date, and so that's why like they sure, sure. quote unquote caught him off guard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very very interesting that this is what. It's also interesting too that Turner's like later on in the episode he's like you mean the 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 teaching guy that I left perfectly out for yeah. you guys, but they came on the day he wasn't expecting them. Well, I'm, I'll agree with that, but I also feel like he like he was, he does leave them alone in his apartment for an abnormally long amount of time. Yeah. For when you would leave Corey and Sean alone in your apartment, yeah. you know what I mean? But I do, the entire time I was like, this does not seem kosher. Like, you have two teenage boys in their teacher's apartment. I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable with it, honestly. I did. I was and like, maybe yeah. we're the, we're, we're weird. No, I don't, I don't think that we're, we are weird. I think that now and socially, it's just not Have acceptable. you ever been to a teacher's house? Not that I can think of. I've been to it. Well, one, my friend in high school, Jay, his parents, oh, yeah, well, yeah, his Jay, parents were yeah, teachers. Yeah, so that, that kind of yeah. gave me an entrance. But, yeah, there's, there were a few times that I went to a teacher's house, and it was very weird. Yeah, but I, why? Why did you go to a teacher's house? Um, I, Me and my friend Reed were paid to paint a teacher's house. Okay. And okay. so we painted the outside, and yeah. then and we were invited inside for dinner afterwards. But See, it was, but that's weird. It was it was weird, that's I have to say. And like, I'm sorry. Meeting that's a the weird kids thing. And, yeah, it was very weird. I mean, like, here's the thing. Even when you get to a certain age, like college professors, I've like hung out with after class or whatever like that. And even I think that that's like pushing it. But like... What I think is really pushing it, and I find out that a ton of teachers do this now, is that they text their students. And I feel so weird and uncomfortable about So that. I actually was just the other day, I was while I was getting everything together, I was watching Glee and like they mentioned that. Like, yeah. The, she's like, when a child gets a good... Um, a good grade on a test, I tweet them in that moment, and, like, they feel special. And I was like, all right, that kind of makes sense, but I just, like, you're right. I I don't know. I feel that, like, if the parents and... If the parents are aware that the teacher is texting the kid or whatever, that's a little bit different. Like, if, you know, like, at orientation or first day of school, yeah. the teacher's like, hey, I tend to text the kids to remind them, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. But in general, it just feels weird. My sister's a teacher and I know like very often she'll like hand her phone over to the kids or like the kids will like record videos on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, it's and like, maybe maybe the change in technology has changed those rules a little yeah. bit. I wouldn't want to have communication with students that couldn't be public. Yes, no, that's my whole thing. I just for me looking at it, I was like, this is not a good this is not good optics for Turner. 
You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I don't think I don't think anything ill of Turner, but it's just not good optics. Also, he's shirtless. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? like a... it wasn't even he was even just like I, oh let me put a shirt on for the yeah no, no in fact he put the shirt on and then later on took it took off, it off. <laughs> which I have to admit he was like what shirt and then because it's them they were like we like this one okay well just <laughs> in all fairness they're dressed like they're like clothes are like tattered it's, yeah yeah they, it's, it's, it's a little bit um, um, but yeah that was I. Turned on my Turner moment. I it was, to, uh, right, right, rightfully so. Rightfully so. But again, so that's interesting to kind of pivot. We do this whole thing. We had the bet with Feeney, which I thought was really funny. And again, we get this whole um, dynamic of the two of them, the old way versus the new yeah. way. But what that does is, in the beginning of the series, we had Feeney set up with an antagonist. Which is Mr. Turner. Sure. And it, they were like going out and say, but now they're kind of buddy buddy. They have this relationship. It's fun. Enter a new antagonist for Feeney, which is Griff. And Griff comes and he is just, he's there to challenge Feeney in a way we have not seen Feeney challenged in quite some time. Well, that's partly because Griff is a character that I cannot wrap my head around. Because he is either rich or famous <laughs> or magic. And I can't figure out which of the three he is. I would say rich so far. It seems yeah. rich. And rich honestly would lean into like his contacts and like the ability to do all this other stuff. I feel like it's kind of even. Like I kind of was watching this and did a backstory of my own, which is that Griff is is from this prominent family who he's been expelled from all of the uh, private schools and he's being forced to go to this um, public school and he's just kind of asserting his power in that whole thing. Because you're right, outside of anything like that, it doesn't make sense. But the fact that he's transferring, the fact that he has all this access and he has people willing to do these things and move and shake for him, he seems like just above it all. That is definitely a privileged arrogance. Oh, I mean, there's so much privilege, but because Adam Scott is so, like, he plays the role so yeah. well, I never am just like, ugh, privilege. Like, I'm never just scoffed at it. I'm just like, this guy is so cool, and I can't figure <laughs> out why. Like, he just had, he, he seems like, um, first of all, I want to say, this is not our first time seeing Griff. No, it's not. I told you earlier. And it's still, it, the continuality, it makes sense. It still remember, makes sense. He goes to a different school. And the the episode where the boys try to start a band, yep. um, he is in the very opening scene at Chubby's as being one of the band members that the boys end up holding the guitars for, yep. the cases for. everything forward. makes sense. And, and everything kind of developed from there. Um, so yeah, it still makes sense, I guess. I mean, we don't see him playing an instrument, and we no. don't ever, that ever never comes back, but I guess it doesn't have to. Nope. Um, Frankie... And Joey are mourning the loss of Harley. <laughs> yeah, because he's at Harley's at a reform school. It's a letter from Harley, kinda. It's okay, Joey. How's Harley doing in his new reform school? It's called Juvenile Boot Camp. <laughs> he loves it, thank you very much. He never wants to come home. Doesn't say it here, but I think he's got a new gang. Which he says he loves it, which... Does Harley really love it? I think he does. I think I think he... Remember, we've talked about this a lot. Harley seemed to be someone who had good intentions and all this other stuff. He was just kind of doing this out of necessity. And I feel that if 
for whatever reason, he was sent to a reform school, um, I actually feel that he wouldn't enjoy it. He would enjoy the not having to carry his family's burden. I feel like possibly that's the case. I feel like it would be extremely hard for him realistically to be away from his sister, to be away from these guys that he's developed this leadership with. I think that he's telling them that he likes it, but he's actually like... Oh, thank you for reminding me. So, another fan theory that kind of fits into our Frankie fan theory. I think uh, Harley and Joey and Frankie were up to some things. Really? (laughs) Well, they're... The way that they... um, The codependency. The codependency. I mean, codependency kind of, but... What really, I think what really sealed it to me is when Eric, that's the, you know, they're looking for a new leader and they see Eric take advantage of Corey. And so they're like, oh, um, we found someone who we can look up to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and when Eric says something, he like is yelling at uh, Joey or something. Oh, and Joey's like, Joey's smack like, me. Yeah, say, yeah, he's like, smack me. Say it again, but say smack, it, me. smack me. And I was face. like, again. I wrote down that note and I just put <laughs> eyes open emoji. Exactly. Like, I didn't know what to I, no, see. For me, I was like, okay, so we had a little sub dom thing going on, and I'm not like, teenage boys. Spend a lot of time together. One yeah. of them really tends to get excited with the physical abuse as well as uh, yeah. Did hardly ever. <laughs> I never got that vibe that he would smack Joey around. I know that, but that's that's why I'm like, I don't think this was a <laughs> this yeah. wasn't a Harley thing. This is a Joey thing. Well, I well well, what I'm saying is, uh, I don't think that Harley would just slap him them around for no reason. Yeah. I think that if he was slapping them around, it's because that's uh, what they like to do in their extracurricular activities. <laughs> so, ju- just because we kind of skipped over a little bit of it, the Eric, uh, Frankie and Joey decide that their new leader should be Eric after Correct. they see Eric scam Corey out of tickets to water a water park. Tickets. Yeah. Um, so he could take repeated uh, student that, that wasn't on the roll call, uh, uh, Jasmine Fontana, who was also on the radio episode. I know, she wasn't new. I don't include... You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Roll call is for new people. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, Well, Jasmine Fontana makes another appearance as Eric's future date to the water park as he has successfully invited her and conned Corey out of his water park ticket um, by basically telling, like, saying, Corey, hey, mom and dad are going to find out about you renting a movie. (laughs) Exactly. It's so funny because it's so innocent and pure. So sibling. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, but I'm just talking about, like, the crime that Corey committed. Is like so yeah horror crime yeah and that's what I think is really genius about it is that Eric knows that like it's nothing in the yeah. really scheme but it's gonna make Corey feel bad. Well, also uh, what's really interesting is that Frankie and Joey see this; they immediately get bedazzled by yeah. it. Yeah, and they come to school dressed <laughs> as LL Eric, Bean, <laughs> which is just so funny. It's really cute <laughs> seeing Joey and Frankie. And their preppy clothes with the sweaters draped over their their uh, shoulders. It's just, it's a great, uh, hilarious moment visually. It really um, is. And so, actually, it's really funny. I'm reading right now this whole um, 
book called No Logo that's about the rise of um, fashion in the 90s and like like how it invaded everything. And yeah. It's, so it's really funny to see something so like the LL Bean yeah. that is in fact like kind of derived from the late 80s but like you come into fashion yeah. as like a mass produced thing in the 90s. Well also I guess I never thought to stylize Eric as preppy before until this moment. Because they all kind of have this kind of, like, knockoff grunge attire anyway. Just, like, oversized flannel everyone's wearing anyway. Um, I never thought of him as specifically preppy until this episode. Well, so, it's actually really funny because Eric is preppy. And Eric is in line with the more um, L.L. Bean, Tommy Hilfiger type look. Where... It is Corey and Sean that are more the grungy was it? Yeah. Cause like think about think about Eric's outfits and even Jason's outfits compared to Corey and Sean. Yeah. Which is like this very oversized, big um ska band type. Sure. Look. Grunge adjacent. I yeah, would say yeah. Walmart grunge. Yeah, it's the um what is that? The got in the movie Clueless when they go to that party. Yes. It's exactly, yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, this this episode just had some really interesting moments. Um, so we learned that Griff is a transfer. Yep. Um, I have to say, I like his intro because this is what I'm talking about. He challenged Feeney. Him, uh, when Feeney's like, very little gets by me. And he's talking to this person who he thinks is Griff. And then Griff just comes right in and he's like, Thanks for holding my seat, kid. And, like, the kid just, like, gets up and leaves. It's like, it's sorry like, about that. I'm not a warning person. Exactly. So, I, yeah, he said, I wanted to be fresh. He comes in with this smugness. First of all, they set his character right off the bat. Because you have Feeney saying that very little, you'll see uh, that nothing, you'll see, Mr. Hawkins, that nothing gets by me. Yeah. And right off the bat, Griff comes in and he's, like, like almost on cue. Like, he was waiting for it. He comes in and he's like, all right, kid, thanks. And, Get up and, and well, out. it's also <laughs> apparent to me that Griff had spent quite a few minutes outside of Feeney's office chatting it up with his assistant. Yes, who apparently does want does not want her job. That's for sure. <laughs> <sighs> that was just there's there's future moments of Griff and adults that I have questions about, but we'll wait to the next episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's not surprising at all that Joey and Frankie kind of inspire to be Griff's new lackey. Um, Not at all. It actually, it makes a lot of sense, um, especially when you see his interaction with Tommy. Because, all right, so that's what I want to bring up. So that brings Tommy into the story. Because when Tommy shows up, first of all, I'm like, this is the guy who I think is more attractive. But whatever. Sure. Um, And then he's like, yo, Loretta told me about you. And he's like, oh, well, then, yeah. You can believe everything (laughs) she said. You can believe everything she said. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's a smoothness that you just can't. And, he, and then what? Tommy, like, tries to do something. He basically is like, let's go outside. You want to step outside and talk about this? Actually, we'd love to step outside and talk. we just love to talk, Frankie and me. We're a couple of regular chatterboxes. Maybe you've seen our show, Meet the Fist. <laughs> hey, look. This between me and him. <laughs> no. We're between you and him. 
Yeah, um, which is, I mean, again, as far as they saw an opportunity, they went for it. And I was like, good on you. Take an initiative. But <laughs> And I think what Joey and Frankie really like, because I, I honestly don't think the ladies' man aspect of it interests them very much. Harley no, was never don't. much of an in- a they ladies' don't. man. What they like is this guy who seems to have the power and ability to get yes. away with things. Yes. And I think that that's what attracts, attracted them to Harley, who had that through crime. Yeah. But here they find the same attribute through Griff, through what I imagine to be wealth. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I imagine it's wealth. But um, what's interesting to me about that, or what I wanted to bring up, is this whole thing of Loretta or whoever it is. I was, like, really upset with the whole, like, oh, yeah, she told me. Like, like. There was, like, this ownership of Loretta that oh, I yeah. didn't really like, and there's, like, this bit where... Oh, and go, later on, he's like... Uh, oh, yeah, well, have her back. And I was like, excuse you! <laughs> yeah, have her back by 11. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, a, like she... Like, it was sure. really, really upsetting. I just wanted to acknowledge that, because I was like, this is, again, some 90s bullshit. Yeah. But it was, in fact, it was a fun way of showing Griff being this suave character. Yeah. And the fact that he just kind of came to the conclusion that, you know what, I can see, I get into enough of these situations, not even just with ladies, just in causing trouble, that it would be nice to have people around who would take the fall or who would deal with all the the messy stuff. So um, I think it, it, and you know what, I have to say, when Griff is there, I don't miss Harley. Oh, I didn't. I'm not going to say, I will say that only Harley can play Harley. Yeah. And I feel that what we did last episode where there was like some new guy came in, you're like, no, this is not Harley. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. But with Griff comes in, you don't miss Harley because this is a different type of bad boy and one that makes more sense. One that you could see, honestly, I could see Sean being more persuaded by this yeah. uh, leader than the faux Harley we got. What's interesting, too, is that uh, Griff comes in, um, he's here in this episode, he's here in the next episode. I don't even think he makes it to next season. So, like, again, investing in these characters, like, building a brand new character up, giving him an arc, yeah, just for him to disappear. Um, and I know there is actually a moment coming up where Griff and Harley kind of face off. Yeah, I and know. And seeing them That's side it. by side, you really understand how dated Harley was in his overall design. I mean, we knew this from the, mo- the yeah. moment Harley showed up. My first question was, where are we? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think after so many studio notes and so many just like rewrites of this is what we should get, this is what, eventually they just like, you know what, let's just get rid of Harley and Griff because next season you don't see either of them. And I, I think we have enough going on. Yeah. And we have enough, we just have enough to deal with, uh, with each of the characters. And I think the choice to flesh out Topanga a little bit more helps with that. Well, also, I think what happens is after the Griff storyline fades off, that's when they really start deep diving into Sean's family. Yeah. And so I think that's a way... That gave way more fruit on that tree than yeah. anything that Griff... Because he's a core what member of the cast. Corey... Not Corey. Well, well, Corey. Because what Corey's actually... I think right now, even... Not this episode, it's next episode. But he says something. He's like, oh, I'm trying to find my... I haven't left an identity. I was like, again? We've done this like three times this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just kind of like, that's their mission this season. It's just like, boy, trying to find himself. And you're like, or trying to create a name for himself. And you're like, we get it. Sure. But when you're watching um, 
next season, we're dealing with actual teenage issues. Yeah, for sure. And as you said, we have a deeper dive into Sean, a deeper dive into Panga. We get more meat to chew on with the characters that we already know, that we don't need these side characters. And I think the producers eventually learn that, too, because, I mean, I will know, like, because we're almost done with this season, so by the time we get to the next one, we'll be able to see the shift that happens, because, I mean, Topanga gets a friend, and Brittany Murphy's character that comes (sighs) aboard, R.I.P. You know, Sean has his dynamic living with Turner, and, and, you know, learning more about Chet Hunter, which... I fucking love Chet I, Hunter. Chet is amazing. I, Chet is one of those As a character people, yeah. on this show in general, I have never met such a lovable deadbeat dad. <laughs> and I just can't wait until he gets into the show. So yes. there's just so much more to explore yeah. there. And I'm so glad that they found that. And they got all this bullshit out of the way. Because I think in retrospect, these first two seasons were going to be like, wow, they were really figuring shit out. Yeah. But by the time we get to three, four, and five, it's like, all right, they got it. Yeah, exactly. And I... I I think it's really interesting or important because we've talked about this a lot. A lot of the shows in the 90s, they're allowed that leg room. Yeah. To figure themselves out. And we just, I I look at this like very much like our podcast, which is like season one and season two, we don't really know what we're doing. We got to figure it out. But like once we get the things that work, we're like, all right, so I know what I want to do and I know how I want to make this better. And... You just don't get that kind of time now. It's like you have to be a hit right out of the park very often. And if you're not, then the whole thing crumbles. Whereas, no, there's good stuff here. You just need to fine-tune it. You need to get you need to get rid of like this whole thing and like that. And then once you do it, you have a really great series. Sure. And and, and I think just gosh, they got so and I don't know how they tested these actors, but Ben and Ryder specifically can do anything. Yeah, they can. they can do slapstick humor. They yep. can do drama. Yep. They can do just basically anything the show needs from them. They can pull off so well, and um, they can pull off so well. And I'm, I'm so glad that um, especially writer it was just casted because yeah. I don't know that they expected that much of him when they first got no, him on the they show. did not. But he, he was able to really take it to another level. I mean, if we want to get back into it, Eric, same way. Yeah. Eric was someone where we've seen them kind of pivot and be like, oh, he can do this. He can do comedy. He, yeah. He's pretty funny. And I'm sure that when he auditioned, you know, in the beginning, it was just like, oh, funny older brother. That's like what we'll have with him. But as time has gone on, they've really seen their strength. And, and I think it's great. And I mean... We're at the end of season two now. It's a completely different show from season one. Oh, it's unrecognizable in a way. It's unrecognizable, but also um, in the later season, as we keep watching, I'm just looking at where we were in the beginning. And again, I told you, like, the beginning of this season, Turner and Feeney had a much more head-to-head dynamic that they were setting up. And now it's just kind of like a... No, they're buddy. They're, they're they're in this together. Their goal is to teach these. Kids. I think that over the season, Jonathan really has earned Feeney's respect in a lot of ways, and I think that's, I agree. Yeah, that agree. really has helped build a friendship. Not only that, but usually in the beginning, we kind of saw Turner be the one who was taught that Feeney knows what he's talking about. Yeah. you know what I mean. And this episode in particular, it goes to show that no, Jonathan knows what he's talking. Sure. Because, like, when we did the, um, 
the strike episode. Um, oh yeah, that whole thing was like Turner being like, "You let them too loose," or even uh, the video episode. It's like you had a good idea, but when they're unsupervised, things get out the of control. Pirate radio, another example. Exactly, too. all of those things are like Turner being taught that he's being too trusting with these sure. kids. But when it comes back to learning, this was a win in in Turner's corner. And sure. Uh, I think that's great. All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Um, yeah. There was just one or two other points that I wanted to make. Um, when the boys get to Turner's house, there's toy cars everywhere. Does he have a son? Um, <laughs> that actually, again, I would love... We've talked about this numerous times. I would love a Mr. Turner spinoff. <laughs> um, We're not going to get it now, but like, it would have been so good to get. Uh, Morgan has a pointless sandwich storyline that we can yeah, that was go stupid. right by. At one point, Eric's like, when I see these water park tickets, I see someone in a wet bikini. <laughs> Alan says that's entirely up to Corey. <laughs> I love that. But here's the thing. I like that because that's another one of those parenting moments where Alan like, very was like, you know what? I doesn't matter to me. You're taking your brother. You know? And, it's yeah. like, and he said it in, in, even after he delivers the line. It's like this, this father arrogance of like being like a cool, you're taking your brother. Exactly. And he's so proud of himself, and I was really proud of that moment. <laughs> um, when the boys are about to take their tests, Corey and Sean both have a bouquet of number two pencils <laughs> that they hand out. Um, was there ever a number one pencil, is my question. So, I actually, uh, I did a research on this. This is a completely nerdy moment. But there are grades. Of, and the thing is, with a number one pencil, it's so light. So it's the thickness of the lead. Uh-huh. It's okay. so light that, or I think it's like either the thickness of the lead or like the amount of graphite in it. I can't yeah. remember uh, which one. But the thing about a number two pencil is it is, in fact, the perfect amount of darkness to where Scantrons can read it. Yeah. It's not too dark, but it's also light enough to where um, however those grading, those test grading things work. Uh, it can shine through it and work. Whereas if it's too light, you just can't, you can't see. All right, uh, all right. That's what a number one does. Um, the only other note that I had was that there's a scene when uh, the boys are at Turner's apartment and they're just checking out Turner's CDs from his giant <laughs> CD rack. And I just got so nostalgic because I was like, bro, do you remember fucking CDs? Do you remember how, like, proud you were of your collection and of how course, it just defined you. Of course, I book of CDs. Yeah, it just, I remember it being such a, like, a, a thing of, like, when you, when people come to your room for the first time, hey, take, take a look at my CDs, or everyone went to check out your CDs, because they would judge you based on what CDs Everyone you had. had that CD rack. Yeah. tower, where it's tower just like, of yeah. CDs, yeah. <laughs> and they, they made these towers in all of these elaborate yeah, ways and everything, and I was just like, when I, when I, in the 90s, there was nothing cooler than having a huge CD collection. Huge CD rack, and then you did the Columbia house thing where you could get like 10 CDs. Oh, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Dude, I would and... buy singles. Like, I would, whatever I could afford, I I would go to that, that. FYE? FYE? Yeah. Yep. Virgin <laughs> Mega Store, Sam Goody, whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd I pay like $25 for a CD. That is insane. I pay $14 <laughs> for Spotify and it comes with Hulu. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, it is, it's really insane when you think about like how far we've come with music. Yeah. Um, because you're right. Uh, that entire CD rack fits on your phone. 
and yeah. with more songs, <laughs> with more songs and less money, way less, and it's crazy. So I just, um, and yeah, that just really was a nostalgic moment that's to great. see that. Yeah, no, it is. And then like the fish tank, like, again, all of it. It's, yeah. it's very, very nineties sure. apartment, and I really liked it. Um, anything else? No, no, that's it. Do you have a Feeny talk? I think the Feeny taught me of this lesson uh, of this episode was more Jonathan's doing, which is simply that, like, you can get good grades whenever you want. Just pay attention. Yeah. And I know that seems dumb, but, A, that's kind of what I got away with. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that because, to me, there's not much else. Yeah. Like, this was, like, a very light episode in terms of like lesson or anything like that Uh, and I don't think the only thing you were supposed to take away from it was like if you put in effort it's really easy Yeah. or like notice what's around you because like the same thing where he's like you can look at my lesson plan anytime you want to they're like what? he's like yeah I put it like on the board I'm writing big letters (laughs) just pay attention exactly and they're like mind blown Uh, so yeah that's like the really thing Uh, what grade are you C plus. Yeah, you know, I was gonna just do it. It's a real again with even with the entrance of Griff, he just doesn't make a big enough impact on the series as a whole for his appearance to bring this up. Most people forget that he was he was ever on. on. Yeah, Uh, which I will say, considering that it's only really this season that we like three episodes. Honestly, well, what I'm saying is it's only this season that we really have Harley. Oh, yeah, yeah. That shows how... Well, last season, we only had Minkus for a season, so... And it's really interesting that this show was able to create characters like Harley, like Minkus, that were so iconic that a series that went on for seven seasons can have one character for one season, and we all remember that person. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's very interesting. Um, I feel like, and I could be wrong, I feel like when I'm talking to the... Like, person who vaguely watched the show in the 90s, didn't really keep up with it, maybe watched some of the Disney reruns, that they're way more likely to remember Harley or Minkus than even Rachel. Yeah. And that's interesting. Because she was on it for two, at least two seasons, but a central part of the cast in every episode. But for whatever reason, Minkus and Harley are one of those characters that just keep... They They were outsiders enough, or outliners enough, to where it made sense, whereas Rachel does kind of fit into that two guys, a girl, in a pizza shop. Yeah. Like, it was of a generic character. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it very, very much. And like, I think a lot of that has to do with giving credit to these actors who were able to take their little bitty roles and make, like, amazing I'm performance. Not on this movie yeah. On that. Yeah. Um, so I was going to give it a C, and I'm going to give it a C. But I like your C. Plus. I, I, no. For me, you know me. For it to be a C plus, I need like a I need like a Jason Joe so Turner didn't even. So here's the thing, I was just about to say the only thing that like would save this would be the turn on by Turner moment, and even then, I just wow. didn't get enough of it. Here's the thing, if like the episode was Turner, or if he had like taken off the wife beater, then I would I would be forced. If he had taken <laughs> off that wife beater in front of those kids, I would have turned off the episode, feeling so uncomfortable. Feeling like I don't know that I should have seen what I just saw. And what's actually, it's interesting because you, I just thought about it. That had to be a TV note. Because nowadays, Turner would have been shirtless when the kids came over. 
or they would have found another that scene of him throwing on the shirt on his way to answer the yeah. door. Something. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He would have been. We would have seen Turner without the tank top. Uh, now you know what? I don't. I really don't. Well, nowadays, yeah. I was like, I feel like the tank was a perfect amount. No, I think the tank was perfect. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not critiquing it. I just thought about the fact that, like, when I watch shows that are made now, Turner would have been. Sh- he would have just been shirtless. Yeah. He would have not have been wearing an undershirt the way that he is in this. Uh, which again, in the '90s, a lot everyone wore an undershirt, so that also makes sense from a time perspective. But yeah, if this was made modernly, he would have just been shirtless. Because how many? I can't tell you how many shows I watch now. We're like, you're like, why is this person shirtless? Sure, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like, there's no reason for this dude to be Not shirtless. And I like a shirtless dude, but it's just like, but why is he yeah. shirtless? Um, homework. Homework. Yeah. What What's your ask? homework? So you're going to laugh at this. For the very first time, I saw New Jack City. <gasps> really? Yeah. 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 All right. New Jack City. I saw We're in New this. Jack City for the first time, and let me tell you, I had such a good time. This so this movie. This movie I is believe- ahead of its time in so many ways, bro. I can't believe you. You're thirty. Yeah, I'm thirty, and I've never seen New Jack City. And don't get me wrong, I get all the references. I like. Yeah, yeah. I know a New Jack. City city scene but i just don't i've never seen the movie yeah 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 and so last weekend i watched it and i was like blown away by the storyline by the concept the acting's good no brown baby it is a good um wesley snooki Pookie, Chris Pookie. Rock in that movie is phenomenal. His he performance is so fucking good. Is one of the greatest acting performances I've seen of Chris Rock's career. Pookie is a great character, and the fact here's the thing: I was like, I know that New Jack City is like known in the circles as like a really good yeah. movie, and like I think even some, um, I'll say like elite movie list or whatever will refer to it, but this is an underrated movie. I watched this movie and I was like, there is no reason this movie should not have been nominated. Because it is, don't get me wrong, there are moments I mean, cheesy, but like, you know 100% why. I do know why. But what I'm saying is, even for, like, it's cheesy and it has all these moments and everything. I was like, yeah, but that's 90s cinema. Like, it didn't hold up well. But this movie is phenomenal in what it covers. And it's Wesley phenomenal. Snipes is. Wesley Snipes does it. Like, the honestly, the controversy, the different dynamics, why people do what they do, the motivations. The uh, whole learning about the crack system, too. Like, yes. the crack houses and how he did it. And just, it's so... Uh, Brilliant. Brilliant. It's done, a yeah. really well-done movie. And I... I was and I believe this away. is on HBO now. Yeah, it is yeah, on yeah. HBO. Okay, it's, so guys, if you have go. HBO Go, HBO Now, definitely check out uh, New Jack City. New yeah, Jack City. And that soundtrack, too, man. Yo, the, it opens up with Queen Latifah. I was like, what? Dude, dude <laughs> that movie is. That movie's great. Yeah, I'm going to have to go home and watch New Jack City, watch man. Watch New Jack City. That's a, uh, it's yeah, been a minute. That's my homework. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, you know what? I didn't really have anything planned, but I did, speaking of movies, and this is kind of on a different vein, I saw Almost Famous the other day, and I, I love that I've never movie. seen that movie. I, you know what? I, I, uh, Cameron Crowe directed this movie. He also did, um, Elizabethtown. He did Jerry Maguire. He did, 
a movie called Singles. What I love about him is that he really has a great way of like making you fall in love with music whenever you watch this movie. And this movie is just a love letter to music. It's about this 15-year-old kid who weasels his way into becoming a Rolling Stone writer, so he goes on tour with the band. And he's learning about fame, and this is all in the 70s, so he's yeah. learning about just fame and rock and roll and, and love and just what all of it means. And, like, is this real? Is this fake? Are these people really your friends? Do they just want you to write well about them? And it's set to the most one of the most perfect movie soundtracks I've ever heard. Um, it's it's It's... Maybe the only movie with Kate Hudson I like. Sorry, not sorry. Um, I don't know. Kate Hudson, she has some performances that are pretty good. But you're right. I can't think of I'm not one. a big chick flick Kate Hudson fan. I'm not going to. Like, yeah. I mean, to be fair. And I and I really don't want chick flick to come off as offensive. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it's uh, as far as her romantic comedies go, I don't find them very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I'm not going to. Honestly, I can't think of a single Kate Hudson movie. To where I would like fight you on this. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. Um, but it's just a, it's just a really well done movie, and like Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, Zoe Deschanel Anything is in it. That Philip Seymour Hoffman's in, he, <laughs> he's like so good in it he's too. Good so. at all. He, that is someone who's like good in almost anything. Anything, yeah. Because even what's he has like a, a side role in that. Uh, Robin Williams movie, uh, Patrick. Uh, yes, Pat, Patch Adams. He does, and he's great he in that too. That yeah. role, he kills that role <sighs> so well. Um, him in Doubt, honestly, yes. that used to be one of my favorite performances. Yeah, he is, he, you know what? Doubt is one of those movies where it's like him, Amy Adams, Meryl, Meryl Streep, Viola Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that movie... Guys, all right, so my homework for this week is Almost Famous and pretty much uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's filmography. Yeah. Just take a gander. Whatever looks interesting, dive in. You can't go wrong. Honestly, you can't go wrong with a Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, not at all. Rest in peace. Yeah, and that was a a sad moment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, so thank you for listening to Grub Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Make sure you leave us ratings. Interact with us on Instagram. You guys have been really good with that. And or Twitter, Facebook, all of it at Grub Meets World or email us at GrubMeetsWorld at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Extra C. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-D-J. You can find me on Instagram at a braver me, which I should say is at dot braver dot me. Yeah. Just in case you guys I always spell it out because of the fact that yeah. extra siege can be spelled very differently and you've never clarified. Yeah, but. yeah, I've never had. So <laughs> a dot braver dot me. You can find me on Instagram. Um, or you can just find me in Los Angeles because I live here now. So <laughs> just say what up. Welcome to the city of Angeles. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to dream. Try and do damn good, guys. Do damn good. Damn good. All right, let it bro. Let it bro.